Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Sky here, rolling solo as Daniel is out for the week, but we'll return on Saturday to give you the news and notes for week eight. In the meantime, I'll be previewing the week eight games and their fantasy implications. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to get into, so let's do it. this guy right here where you have a man-to-man right here you see he gets penetration right there you know when you run away from him he's gonna run you down he's one of those guys who will get penetration yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs> that's when you want a medicine back stuff get that back his hands are so big and strong in fact they get penetration on both sides there's two footballs on the field and then when they wear their powder blue uniform, oh. man, that is it. I mean, how can you lose a guy six foot five to three hundred five pounds? When a center goes to block you like that, you can't punch him. We'll start tonight in Houston, where the Houston Texans host the Miami Dolphins. On the Dolphins side, Brocktober continues as Tannehill's out another week. And uh, Brock Osweiler will get the start. Um, I'm not firing him up. I don't believe in it. I think uh, what he and Albert Wilson were able to do a couple weeks ago was a fluke, but it looks like Albert Wilson's season is over. 
and uh, there's not many other weapons right now. Uh, I do expect Devontae Parker to play. Um, he was a healthy scratch last week, which was odd, but I expect him to play. Hopefully he can break out. We've all been waiting for that. And uh, Danny Amendola will be the other receiver there. Kenyon Drake, you can fire up because you pretty much have to. Frank Gore could be a long shot on a deep flex if you need. And on the Texans side, uh, Hopkins, absolutely. Fuller, absolutely. I expect a big game from Fuller with Kiki QT officially out for this game. Deshaun Watson, you're firing up against his Miami defense. Um, Deshaun Watson has thrown for under 200 yards in the last couple of weeks, so I expect him to bounce back just uh, just a touchdown in each of the last couple of weeks. So hopefully he can get a, a few on the board for fantasy owners, but you can fire him up. And Lamar Miller, same as Kenyon Drake, I think you just have to fire him up at this point. But we did see what Kerryon Johnson was able to do last week against Miami, so I think we can expect, um, you know, on the better side of things for Lamar Miller, hopefully at least, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown or so uh, for the Texans. Then we'll head over to London, where the Jaguars have their faux home game. And it's kind of been a home away from home over the last couple of years, where the Jags have actually done pretty well across the pond. This time they'll face the Eagles coming over. The Eagles coming off a devastating loss to the Carolina Panthers late when they gave up a uh, you know 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to lose to the uh, Panthers late. And the Jaguars got pretty embarrassed, uh, honestly, last week. So... I expect uh, your usual suspects for the Eagles. We're going to fire up Wentz, even against this Jags defense. They're not who we thought they were going to be coming into the season. There's infighting in the locker room. There's guys going after each other on the team. Looks like uh, A.J. Boye is not even making the trip out to London, so he will not be playing. Um, I expect Alshon Jeffrey to draw uh, Jalen Ramsey. Therefore, Nelson Aguilar could have a nice bounce-back game. He's been pretty silent the last few weeks, so he could fire up Nelson Aguilar at this point as I think he'll um, be the second receiver there, and, and Alshon will deal with Ramsey. So. Could be a nice day for uh, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Ertz, of course, um, and these two running backs I'm not really feeling. Uh, I just think they eat each other, and I don't think there's enough lead production here with Smallwood and Clement. So I'm going to stay away from them if I can. If I had to pick one, it's probably Clement, but you never really know who's going to uh, who's going to act there. On the Jags side, fire up Carlos Hyde. He's going to get the start, and uh, Yeldon will be settling in on third downs and change of pace but you can fire those guys up and uh, I wouldn't fire up any of the receivers and I'm not firing up Bortles. Bortles got benched last week for Cody Kessler. He will be back in the starting role this week, but I'm not expecting any big things from him. Um, I just think he's flustered and, you know, he might have a, a, a good Blake game in uh, we've seen him do that a number of times in London. So there's a chance he throws for three or four touchdowns. However, I don't think it's going to happen with this entire Jags team is just off the rails right now from top to bottom offense, defense, and this def- uh, defense for the Eagles is legit. And I think they're, they fell asleep a little bit on Cam Newton last week and got, got spooked. So I think they're going to come out legit looking for a big win against the Jaguars who are reeling. So I don't expect that to happen again this time. I would fire up both of these defenses, um, but I would temper your expectations with the Jags because, again, they're not who you thought you were drafting as of right now. Moving on to Carolina, Panthers coming off that big win and the Ravens coming off a tough loss after Justin Tucker misses his first career uh, PAT uh, against the Saints, and they drop one by one point late in the game there. Ravens side, you can fire up John Brown. I think he's an every-week starter this season right now he's on fire i think crabtree is a good start 
and Willie Sneed could be a deep um, flex if you need him. Alex Collins, I think you could fire up. Looks like he's getting more of that bell cow touch, which is nice. So if you can get, you know, say 15, 20 touches out of Alex Collins, I think he'll be solid. Buck Allen, I'm going to stay away from right now. And Joe Flacco, I wouldn't be streaming this week unless you absolutely have to against this decent secondary for the Ravens. I would fire up their defense, though, against Cam Newton and the boys. Uh, you're firing up Cam. Um, you're firing up McCaffrey, although temper your expectations there. McCaffrey has one of the best running back schedules coming up, but not this week uh, facing this Ravens defense, which is, um, you know, Kamara got his numbers last week, but they, for the most part, shut down Kamara and Ingram. So, um this Ravens defense is legit, but you could fire up McCaffrey, especially in PPR leagues, of course, and uh, keep an eye on Devin Funches, who has been uh, caught a touchdown in back-to-back games here, and he and Cam seem to be on the same page, which is nice. And uh, if you have Greg Olson, as I've been mentioning, fire him up, but I'm not super excited. He did get the game-winning touchdown last week, but other than that, he hasn't been doing very much. But I would also fire up the Panthers' defense in this game as well, as I don't expect this game to be very high-scoring. I think it's only a, a 40, 42 point line uh, from Vegas odds. So not a very high scoring uh, game either way. So you could fire up both defenses here. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears hosting the Jets. Both teams coming off a loss. The Bears side, you're firing up Trubisky. He's been on fire. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, of course. Um, Trey Burton, they definitely need to keep him moving. He looked really great last week. Hopefully they can keep firing him the ball. I'm a little bit worried about Allen Robinson, uh, but this could be a decent matchup for him this week, although he was quiet last week. And uh, Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller could also have big games out of the slot um, where the Jets have really been uh, burned. So this could be a big day for the uh, passing attack of the Bears, and you fire up their defense, of course, against the Jets. On the Jets' side, if you're going to play anybody, I suppose um, it would be Isaiah Crowell. But uh, looks like um, Bilal Powell is set to have neck surgery. Um, there's reports out that he could have a career-ending surgery. There's also reports that he'll make a full recovery. So not really sure what it is. It looks like either way he's, he's done for the, this season and he's 30 years old. So probably on the wrong side of, of coming back, unfortunately, for Bilal Powell. Uh, Elijah McGuire comes off the IR next week. So he might be a deep stash for you if you need a, a running back, potentially. You could fill in for Bilal Powell on third downs and PPR leagues. And Trenton Cannon, who's a rookie, uh, might be a nice spot filled this week if you need that position. I wouldn't be starting any of the receivers, and I wouldn't be starting uh, Darnold against the Bears. We're on to Cincinnati. The Bungles coming off a big beatdown on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs, and the Bucks coming off a nice win. Uh, Last-second field goal by Catanzaro, 59-yarder to beat the Browns in overtime last week. On the Bucks side, you're going to fire up Jameis. It's a great matchup against the uh, Bengals. And you're firing up all the receivers. I would, I like Mike Evans. I like Deshaun Jackson. I like Chris Godwin. And I think Ronald Jones is set to break out this game. Uh, Peyton Barber is, is a little bit banged up. Even if he plays, uh, Ronald Jones has been getting the number one snaps during the week. This week, which is always a nice um set coming into a game, and he did uh, score his first NFL touchdown last week. So I think they're starting to rev up Ronald Jones a little bit. So I'm stoked for Rojo. And O.J. Howard, you can fire up with certainty as well. I wouldn't uh, be looking at Cameron Brait. I think um, you need to temper your expectations with the Brait-Winston situation. We just haven't seen it there with volume. So O.J. Howard is the guy. 
For the Bengals, I expect a big bounce back from Andy Dalton. We all know he doesn't play well in primetime. He certainly didn't last Sunday. I think he'll do better this week at home against this terrible, horrendous uh, Bucks secondary, who's almost dead last in the league with uh, fantasy points given up at the running back, quarterback, and wide receiver position. So I expect big games from Andy Dalton, Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, and Tyler Boyd. And uh, Uzoma, you can also fire up as well at the tight end position. Next, we have the Seattle Seahawks coming off of a bye, facing the Detroit Lions coming off a win. The Seattle Seahawks, I think, are going to be fresh. I expect a big game from Doug Baldwin. Um, I think Tyler Lockett will draw uh, D- uh, big play Slay, excuse me, Darius Slay. I think um, Tyler Lockett will be locked down there, although he's got the speed to break away for one or two throws potentially, but um, that will free up. Doug Baldwin, and I think Doug Baldwin can have a big uh, kind of a breakout game for 2018. He's yet to have that big game. Of course, he sat out a bunch of weeks. He had a decent game last week, or uh, two weeks ago, rather, with seven catches. I think he'll uh, be able to break out now this game here. Um, Russell Wilson, you're firing up, and I think the running back position is pretty scary right now, but if I had to pick anybody, it's probably Chris Carson, although I don't even know if he's the top running back. They have Mike Davis, of course. They have Rashad Penny. I think it's kind of a mess, so as long as they're running three people, I don't really want to play any of them, but if you had to play one of them, I would probably suggest Chris Carson. The Lions did just pull over Damon Harrison of the well, formerly of the uh, New York football Giants. He is now in Detroit, Uh, Snacks Harrison in the middle. He's one of the best run stoppers. He was ranked third by pro football focus as far as run stopping ability in the National Football League. So he is definitely a great fill in there for the Lions up the middle. So that could definitely temper the new and improved Seattle running game, uh, which could be mean big things for uh, Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson. On the offensive side of the ball for Detroit, I expect uh, tempered expectations here from the passing game. We saw last week that Carrion Johnson went nuts on the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins' rush defense is, is horrendous anyway, but Carrion uh, played very well. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt played very well. Theo Riddick should be back this week. So I think that Matt Patricia might be wanting to lean this game a little bit more to the run and take the ball out of uh, Russell Wilson's hands. If that's the case, then I think there's lower numbers for Matt Stafford and all three receivers, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay. I think you're starting Matt Stafford and all the receivers if you have them. But um, if you're looking to stream them or, you know, get cute like Stafford over, say, uh, Breeze because he's playing the Vikings or something like that, I just don't do that. Um, I I think Stafford's numbers are going to be lower, and I expect all of the – receivers to be lower as well in Detroit. Next up, we've got the Broncos heading into Kansas City. For the Broncos side, Case Keenum is a potential streamer, but this Kansas City defense has gotten much better over the last couple of weeks, so I would definitely err on the side of caution with Case Keenum. And Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, I think are you know, must starts, I guess, but I would say that at, at the wide receiver two flex position, although Emmanuel Sanders has been on fire. Um, I just don't see DT getting much done and he's been kind of taken away out of games just because he doesn't have the ability to break free anymore. So if it's not a nice slant or possession style, you know, receptions, he's not really getting his yardage. He's been saved the last couple of weeks by touchdown. So keep an eye there. And Cortland Sutton could be a deep sleeper here. 
I think I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. I think he's the number two receiver on this team behind Emmanuel Sanders. I think it's just a matter of time. There were trade talks that they were going to get rid of Emmanuel Sanders and or Demarius Thomas. Looks like as of this recording with the trade deadline next Tuesday, looks like both those guys are probably going to stay in Denver for this season. But the fact that they were even rumored is, you know, kind of means that they're trying to make room for rookie Cortland Sutton. And he has certainly got the talent to uh, take over for Demarius Thomas here. So I could see that happening sooner than later. That being said, I think Emmanuel Sanders is a must start wide receiver two and Cortland Sutton and Demarius Thomas are a wide receiver three maybe flex positions for the running back position. It looks like uh, Royce Freeman will be sitting out this week with an ankle injury. And that leaves Philip Lindsay to be the more or less bell cow for the Broncos here. Broncos defense had a great, great week against Arizona last Thursday night football, putting up the most fantasy points on the week. I would not start them versus the Chiefs. <laughs> if you've been paying attention, you know what the Chiefs are capable of. Do not start the Broncos versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are at home. Pat Mahomes, automatic. Most are, I mean, pretty much all of their team other than Sammy Watkins is automatic. So Pat Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, um, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill are automatic starts every single week. And I would fire up Sammy Watkins this week as well. I think that he'll have the ability to uh, break free from some of this uh, sketch. Denver secondary, so you can fire up the Chiefs. Moving into New York, uh, where the New York football giants host the division rival Redskins. For the Redskins, Alex Smith is a decent streamer this week against this uh, defense that just lost two of their integral parts. Uh, Eli Apple was shipped off. Uh, their cornerback and uh, Damon Harrison snacks. Harrison was shipped off to Detroit as well. Their interior lineman. So <clears throat> I'm definitely worried about this uh, defense. And obviously the, the giants and the Raiders are pretty much thrown in the towel here for the season. So I think the Redskins could, could easily, you know, take it to them here. I think this could be a big day for Adrian Peterson um, on the run with another void there in the, uh, in the giants defensive line. So expect big things from Adrian Peterson. I think the Redskins will be up early and potentially just able to run out the clock unless Eli can get something done here with Odell and, and Saquon. So uh, none of the receivers, I don't want to deal with any of the receivers. <clears throat> if you have Jordan Reed, you're probably starting him because it's a nice matchup and he's Jordan Reed. We know what he's capable of, but he hasn't been doing much this season yet. So a little bit worried about this offense for the Redskins outside of uh, Adrian Peterson, and it looks like if Chris Thompson plays, he's a good spot start as well. If Chris Thompson sits, then you can fire up Capri Bibbs, who's a third-string running back, and he scored a touchdown last week. For the Giants side, just pretty much Saquon, Odell, and Sterling Shepard I would fire up. Evan Ingram is back, uh, but this Redskins linebacker core and secondary I think has been better than uh, most people predicted coming into the season so if you have him I think you're playing him because you've been waiting to start him and you probably don't have another option at this point but if you do maybe you should um, get somebody else in there for Evan Ingram but uh, Saquon Odell and Sterling Shepard at this point I think are automatics with obviously tempering expectations after Sterling Shepard's massive 160 yard game last week uh, Eli I would not start um, but you can fire up Evan Ingram potentially as well. <clears throat> Heading into Pittsburgh, where the Browns uh, have a road game here in the division against the Steelers. For the Browns, Baker 
I think is a decent stream here. Although this uh, Steelers defense is coming off of a bye, they're fresh, they're getting more healthy, and I think Joe Hayden has been able to shut down the top receivers. So we'll see if he's placed onto Jarvis Landry out of the slot. That'll be interesting. If he is, I'm really worried about Jarvis Landry. You probably have to play him depending on your roster, but if you have other options, I would actually go away from Baker and I would go away from Landry uh, this week if you possibly can. And uh, running backs, Nick Chubb, you're firing up every week this week, uh, this rest of the season. Duke Johnson is you know spotty if you need him, and I would go with uh, David Njoku for the Browns as well as an automatic start versus this uh, Steelers defense. It's been very, very nice uh, toward the tight end position. For the Steelers, you have your automatics. Uh, Big Ben at home for sure, although the Browns did temper uh, his stats um, first game of the season when these two teams tied. But I think Big Ben at home coming off of a bye, I think he'll be just fine. A.B., of course. Uh, Juju, of course. Vance McDonald, I think, is a nice spot start as well, who has seen uh, 33% more snaps and routes run than uh, teammate Jesse James. So I think you can fire up Vance McDonald in a plus matchup. And while Lev is out, James Conner is the man. Um, he's, you know, we're going to cover this in depth next week when we actually know what's going on with Le'Veon Bell, but he's still out for this week. So while he's out, James Conner is the man. This uh, Browns defense has actually been better than people anticipated, but um, James Conner is just too much of a machine if he's the only one in the backfield. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But for this week, James Conner's your man. Next up, Colts face the Ra uh, the Raiders. The Raiders have also thrown in the towel, much like the Giants, um, you know, shipping off uh, Amari Cooper out to Dallas this week. Um, they have unfortunately put uh, Marshawn Lynch on the IR. Looks like Jalen Richard is going to be the starting running back, although John Gruden has come out and said that uh, uh, Doug Martin is going to be, you know, is going to get more work and he's ready for a full-time role. I'm tired of hearing the coach speak from John Gruden. I'm not a John Gruden hater by any means. I know that uh, Daniel's certainly not uh, drinking the Kool-Aid from Gruden. I'm not really a hater, but <clears throat> I am concerned that he's just, frankly, not telling the truth. <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit of a Pete Carroll syndrome here where he's just kind of being overly optimistic on a team that really has no shot here. So, if you need a spot start for the running back position, I would lean Doug Martin in standard leagues, and I would lean Jalen Richard in PPR leagues. Derek Carr, you could fire up as a uh, as a streaming option against this Colts secondary with the Raiders at home. And really, Jared Cook, I think, is the only other option I would want on the offense. Uh, Jordy Nelson and Martavis Bryant have been said to kind of both step up in that Amari Cooper role. But what is the Amari Cooper role? Like, who... Who wants, you know, two catches for 17 yards every other week? So there's going to be some boom games here. We don't know if it's going to be uh, Martavis or Jordy. Personally, I'm staying away from from the entire Raiders team if you possibly can. But if you're struggling, I would go Jalen in PPR, uh, Doug Martin in standard, potentially Derek Carr in a streaming option. Uh, I think Jordan, or excuse me, uh, Cook is going to be an option for the tight end position, especially with the, you know, the tight end position being so shallow and um, maybe one of those receivers, but I, I worry about those guys on the cold side, Andrew Luck automatic um, Marlon Mack automatic after this point, great game last week and T Y Hilton automatic for, um, 
The other receivers, I think Chester Rogers is a nice spot start if you need him, but I'd be, you know, temper your expectations there. And Naheem Hines is a name that I've been getting asked about quite a bit because he was really f- great to start the season, but Marlon Mack is back now and uh, Jordan Wilkins is still in the picture. Naheem Hines is there. So it's kind of a three-headed monster. Marlon Mack is definitely the clear go-to guy getting spelled a little bit on early downs if he needs to by Jordan Wilkins. And then out of the past game is Naheem Hines. But Naheem Hines is not going to be what he was the first couple of games of the season if there's three guys back there. So I would not be starting Naheem Hines unless something happens again to Mack or he misses time or Jordan Wilkins misses time there. Heading into Arizona, where the Arizona Cardinals host the Niners. This is basically for the not last place position in the NFC and the NFC West. On the 49ers side, I think you can fire up George Kittle with confidence. He has been um, just beasting out recently and obviously the top target for uh, C.J. Beathard. For Marquise Goodwin, I think this is a good, good position here potentially. But if he's facing up against uh, Patrick Peterson all week, I or all game, I would not be uh, excited about that at all. Uh, Marquise Goodwin definitely has the ability to get by somebody, but on a consistent basis outside of a big play, I don't see him taking it to uh, Patrick Peterson. Um, there was talks early in the week that Patrick Peterson was looking to get moved, uh, possibly the Jets, um, possibly the Saints, uh, but it looks like he is going to stay put in Arizona as of this podcast. Again, the trade deadline is next Tuesday, so a lot could happen over the weekend and Monday and Tuesday for sure. But as of right now, it looks like Patrick Peterson will be faced up against Marquise Goodwin, which is not good news there. Not playing uh, Pierre Garçon. And for the running back position, pretty up in the air here. It looks like Matt Breida is potentially... Uh, I mean, he could play, which he's been doing the last couple of weeks where he's been questionable and then he plays last minute. If Kyle Shanahan is smart, the Niners are not playing for anything. Matt Breida is a promising running back. I think they should sit him, let him get healthy, and let him you know, heal up multiple injuries. So hopefully Matt Breida does not play, but keep an eye there. If he does, I guess you could fire him up, but you're at risk of him leaving in the first, second quarter of the game, re-aggravating his ankle injury. So worried about Matt Breida there. And uh, Alfred Morris, eh, not really feeling it. I don't think he's just going to get enough uh, productive volume, although he might get carries if Breida's out. And Raheem Mostert, I think, is the... uh, interesting name here who has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and get some running ability. So I think he will actually get the start if uh, Brita does not. So keep an eye there for the Cardinals. um, The only player I'm really, you know, excited, I guess, to play is David Johnson because he's David Johnson. Mike McCoy, of course, gets fired after last week's debacle versus Denver on Thursday night football. Byron Leftwich comes in. I think, you know, there's definitely going to be a changing of the guard. Hopefully, uh, Byron left, which will get David Johnson more involved. And if that's the case, I think he can have a nice game versus the Niners. So you could fire up David Johnson with somewhat confidence for now. And Larry Fitzgerald, I guess, is a spot start. Christian Kirk is a spot start if you need him. But I wouldn't be too excited about those guys just because I'm not sure what Josh Rosen's going to be able to do. And he did get banged up last, last week with a toe injury. Looks like he's going to play. But again, until these guys are all on the same page, that Arizona offense looks pretty horrible. So I think... David Johnson and potentially Ricky Seals Jones at the tight end position are the only guys that I would be uh, at all confident to fire up against the 49ers for the Cardinals. Now, 
for the next couple of games, we can start talking about some big fantasy options. Packers at the Rams. For the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, automatic. Um, for the running back position, I'm still lean toward Aaron Jones if you have to do one, but it's going to remain a three-headed monster until somebody goes down or somebody proves themselves. So Aaron Jones, I think, has the lead opportunity, but as we saw last week in a competitive game with the 49ers, or two weeks ago, excuse me, the uh, Packers were on a bye last week. Two weeks ago on Monday Night Football, the Niners actually hung with the, with the Packers, kind of leading uh, Aaron Rodgers to keep Jamal Williams in there for his pass blocking ability, but also his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, which I certainly expect the Rams to be putting up points. So Aaron Jones could certainly be game scripted out of this game, although I think the only way that the Packers have a chance in this game is to run the ball more so than just expect Aaron Rodgers to, you know, win the game in the fourth quarter. So could be a, could be a good matchup for Aaron Jones and the Rams have been able to be run on. So we'll see what happens here. But Aaron Jones gets the top nod for me, then Jamal Williams, then uh, Ty Montgomery. Looks like both receivers, uh, Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison, are set to play this week. If that's the case, I feel much better about Aaron Rodgers against this uh, Rams defense. And that means that uh, Valdez Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown will be taking a back seat here. But uh, I love Randall Cobb. Um, I mean, I don't love Randall Cobb per se, but I like him back in the lineup for sure. And certainly Geronimo Allison uh, against this secondary that can be torched uh, on big play abilities. And of course, Devontae Adams is an automatic every single week. Jimmy Graham too. You can fire him up as well to, at the tight end position. For the Rams, Cooper Cup is the only one uh, doubtful for this week. Everybody else is an automatic. So Gurley, of course, Goff, I would fire up against the Packers. You've got Woods and Cooks. You can fire up. So you're starting your usual suspects for the Rams. On the Saints and Vikings game, this is another super fantasy relevant game. For the Saints, people have hesitations versus, uh, with Breeze against this Vikings defense, but I just want to mention that the Vikings defense is not the Vikings defense it was last year. Although Emerson Griffin, who's missed a couple of games with kind of a mental uh, mental health issue, um, kind of some uh, behavioral issues he's been out for the last couple of weeks and the Vikings have just not been the same defense so with him coming back I see them kind of returning to form and a bit nasty but they still have to all be on the same page and they've certainly uh been been uh exposed uh weekend and week out the last couple of weeks I think that Drew Brees is certainly a quarterback to do that with all of his weapons so I think it's safe to play Drew Brees and if you think back to last year in the playoffs when they had their incredible game, the Minneapolis Miracle game. Uh, Drew Brees actually threw for three touchdowns in that game, um, and the Vikings kind of shut down the run game. So I think that they're potentially going to try to do the same thing here. So I would temper expectations on Ingram and Kamara, but you're playing both those guys, of course. I would say play Brees. And Michael Thomas, you're playing automatically anyway, but it looks like Xavier Rhodes could potentially miss this game. If Xavier Rhodes misses this game, Michael Thomas becomes an incredible asset here, and they're going to have to attack that secondary to keep up with the Vikings offensively. So I love Michael Thomas in this game, especially if uh, Xavier Rhodes sits out. And then uh, Traquan Smith, the rookie, I think is a nice spot start as well with uh, Ted Ginn on the IR, and it looks like um, Cameron uh, Meredith, excuse me, Cameron Meredith will be uh, kind of the third fiddle there in that offense. So I love uh, love the Saints 
options on offense and you can fire up Ben Watson as well. So fire up everybody on the Saints. Just temper your expectations against the uh, Vikings on the road. For the Vikings, same way. Um, Kirk Cousins, I'm playing. Thielen, obviously. Diggs, obviously. I know that Diggs has been slumping a little bit. Not worried about it. Fire up Diggs. Um, although he's going to draw Marshawn Lattimore, so you know we'll see if he can break free. I would temper expectations there. Thielen should have another huge game. I'm pretty confident he'll get his eighth straight 100-yard receiving game, breaking the NFL record, but we shall see there. Uh, running back, I mean, Latavius Murray, you fire him up every week, even against a stout New Orleans defense. As long as Dalvin Cook is out, which he'll looks like he'll be out till week 11 now, so another couple weeks, Latavius Murray is the bell cow there. He's going to be the dude. You're firing him up. And Kyle Rudolph has been really nowhere to be seen the last couple of weeks, but if you're struggling at the tight end position, you may not have another option. Therefore, you could fire him up because, you know, he's good for a touchdown here and there. And at the tight end position, really, uh, that's all you're looking for. So, you know, if he can get you six, seven, eight points, that's definitely a win at the tight end position for uh, Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings. Last game on the slate this week, we have the Patriots face the Bills on Monday Night Football. I think the Patriots will, you know, do their thing this week, although this is in Buffalo, and we've seen the last couple um, of seasons, really, but the last couple of games, when the when the Bills are at home, they play a little bit differently. So we'll see what the weather's like Monday night, but, uh, you know, maybe temper expectations for the Patriots a little bit. However, the Bills are the Bills. Their defense is definitely better than I think people give them credit for. However, they're still not incredible. And outside of Tredavious White, the Bills are, you know, uh, pedestrian. So Tom Brady, who crushes the Bills every single year, four, five, six touchdowns twice a year annually. I think Brady gets his. I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, Edelman, I think, could have a big game out. You know, he won't be facing Tredavious White, so I think he'll have a nice slot position. It looks like as of this recording on Monday, Rob Gronkowski is set to play Monday night football. However, keep an eye on this. He plays Monday night, which is which is really kind of nerve-wracking with Gronkowski who, you know, the the Patriots aren't going to tell you anything, you know that. So, Gronkowski is going to be questionable at best up until Monday night kickoff. The issue here is you have to put him in your lineup if you're going to play him, right? But the rest of your team over the week is going to lock so you're not going to be able to drop anybody to pick someone else up. And even if you did, there's no one to pick up. My suggestion is the only option here, in my opinion, is if you're you know worried about Gronkowski or there's not a report uh, later today or Friday or Saturday morning that says Gronkowski is definitely going to play, which just isn't going to happen because the, the, the Patriots keep their information close to the vest. I don't expect that to happen at all. So he's going to be questionable up until game time. That being said, I think your only option right now is to make a roster move, either put somebody on IR if you can and open up a spot or drop somebody and go grab Charles Clay. I know Charles Clay isn't a sexy name. I know he hasn't been putting up great numbers. He has certainly not been having the season that he did last year in the last couple of years with uh, Terod Taylor. However, he's the only other option in that Monday night game that is, I'm sure, on your waiver wire that you can go grab. So my suggestion is if you have Rob Gronkowski, you put him in your lineup and expect him to play, but go get Charles Clay right now put him on your bench. That way, if it comes down to game time and you have to bench Gronk because he's out, you can flip and you can be prepared and at least put in uh, Charles Clay, who may not have a huge game, but he you know, will be something and it's definitely better than a goose egg. So I think that's the Gronk strategy for this week and potentially moving forward. You need to be careful with Rob Gronkowski. Moving on, Sony Michelle is, you know, there's a report that's going to come out. I'm recording early Thursday morning 
Um, when the rest of the injury reports come out Thursday for the Patriots and the Bills, uh, they don't have to report like everyone else does. The rest of the league reports on Wednesday. Monday Night Football games don't have to report until Thursday. So I don't know as per this recording here. Um, I'm recording at uh, 9 a.m. West Coast time. So I don't know yet. Actually, the reports are probably coming out right now as I'm speaking here. But I'm... Uh, don't have a report yet on Sony Michelle's status. I assume he's going. They're going to mark him as questionable, but I seriously doubt he's going to play this week. Therefore, Kenyon Barner will probably spell him a little bit, and James White should have another huge game with Gronkowski potentially out and Sony Michelle potentially out. I expect big games from both Edelman and James White uh, in between those guys. So you're starting them anyway. I'm just giving, I, I guess, an extra boat of confidence that I think they'll be just fine. Love Josh Gordon as well, although I think Josh Gordon is going to draw Tredavious White, and he has been one of the best corners in the league this year, and I've been mentioning over the podcast, he's not really getting the respect because he plays for the Bills, but he has been legit for sure. So keep an eye on Josh Gordon, although he's big play waiting to happen, as we've seen, and, and Brady is certainly gaining that trust. He was over 100 yards last week with a nice 50-yard reception that got tackled on like the two or the three-yard line, so he almost had a 50-plus-yard touchdown there. So love Josh Gordon. Looks like he's coming back to form for sure. And Chris Hogan, I guess, is another spot start because uh, Tre Davis White will be on Josh Gordon, I expect. Therefore, uh, Chris Hogan might be able to shake free for a couple big plays here. And you know that Brady's going to want to run it up against a divisional rival with the Bills here. So you're firing up your usual suspects, but keep an eye on Sonny Michelle, who I don't think will play. Keep an eye on Gronkowski, who I don't think will play. And go grab Charles Clay if you can. Um, Dwayne Allen is and Hollister are the other tight ends for the tight uh, for the. Patriots, but neither one of them did anything last week uh, without Gronkowski in the lineup. So I think they're going to lean on James White and then they're going to lean on Julian Edelman. So it's a lot of Patriots news, but uh, keep an eye there as uh, all of your usual suspects outside of Michelle and Gronk should have um, big games. For the Bills, not much to talk about here. Uh, Shady McCoy is practicing this week, but um, you know he suffered a concussion last week, left the game. He's still in the protocol. Even if they let him go, I just, I've been saying week in and week out, I'm Shady McCoy is toast, in my opinion. It's really sad because he's been such a stalwart for all those years uh, in Philadelphia and early in his, uh, earlier in his Buffalo career, but I think he's just over the hump. The team is horrible. He's not able to break free. He doesn't have these big plays. They're never in the red zone. He doesn't have touchdown upside. I would stay away from the Sean McCoy, period, especially if he's banged up, even if they clear him. Chris Ivory is also banged up and questionable, um, so I'm not really you know excited about anybody here in the uh, – offense for the Bills. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, I guess, with Derek Anderson. He had a nice game last week. Uh, Kelvin did over 70 yards, which is easily his biggest game of the season. The Bills are going to have to throw this entire game uh, to keep up with the Patriots, so I think that the only chance they have is to feed Benjamin and uh, Zay Jones. So I guess if you're really desperate this week uh, with a bunch of receivers on by, then you could potentially fire up one of these guys as a deep flex, but I am certainly – not thinking that Benjamin's going to have more than maybe 50 to 70 yards and or a touchdown, which is good for him, but not really, uh, you know, a huge fantasy day per se, uh, unless you're in a standard league. So I would stay, uh, I would stay away from them. And again, if you have Gronkowski, I would go get Charles Clay. If you don't, then I have no reason to start Charles Clay in this game. And uh, Derek Anderson's Derek Anderson. You're not firing him up. Last note here. On by this week, the Atlanta Falcons, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Tennessee Titans.
that'll do it. Tomorrow, I will be joined by Curly to talk about the Week 8 NFL picks as well as check in with our fantasy teams. Remember to email your start, sit, keep, trade, cut questions to tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on the Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow our IG stories throughout the weekend. That starts tonight, Thursday Night Football, Sunday, Sunday Night Football, and Monday Night Football as well for game day updates. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck in week eight. And for Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.